Hello, this is Rose. And this is Jackie. And today we are going to be talking about the 1968 student rebellions that happened um, in not only in America, but internationally in Paris, Czechoslovakia, and Britain. And then, well, so I will be talking about those. God hates us. <laughs> Okay, so I will start off with the student rebellions in 1968. So they happened in multiple countries, starting and ending in Paris. The motivating force was difficult to know because there were a number of issues at the time. But mainly, they were fighting against social and cultural progress because students felt as if it wasn't really progress in itself. Um, the, May, the May movement written by Alain Terrain, um, describes that what French students had discovered in February of 1968, they had teamed with industrial workers and, and they were fighting against the de Gaulle government in France. They felt as if the cultural progress was taking away their identity. Um, Cultural, they felt as if the cultural progress was taking away their identity as well as the technological progress, which was seemed to be replacing people with... No, edit, edit that out, edit that out. Um, no, you don't have to stop, you don't have to stop. Oh, oh. Okay, so they teamed with industrial workers. Um, okay, wait. I had to cut that out too, okay. So, French students felt great unrest. As one of them said, I have something to say, but I don't know what it is. There were frustrations. They felt as if their country was not progressing in any way, even with all of the cultural and technological advances that were happening under the de Gaulle presidency in France. De Gaulle, under, the, un, under uh, de Gaulle, who was the ruler of France at the time. Uh, they started to they started to team up with industrial workers to they started to team up with industrial workers to like to fight what they were to fight against what they thought was um, not progress but in fact taking away Okay, cut that out too. I already said that. Okay. So that started all the events across um, the world. People saw that and they were like, okay, well, you know, maybe there is something. Okay, so that started everything. What led to civil unrest among the students in the United States was the Vietnam War and also a myriad of other social problems that were happening at the time, such as civil rights, women's rights, and the economy. So many people, many of the older generation did not understand this and saw the students as nihilists because they could not understand the unrest. They thought America's youth was in a good place because they had access to higher education, 
and they were safe from fighting in the Vietnam War if they were in college. But the students thought of all the people that it was either go to college or get drafted. The students were thinking about them, and the students also saw the une- like the inequality in acceptance rates, where white men would be ex- more likely to be accepted into a good school than a woman or an African-American student or any other um, minority student. Um, the increase in student unrest grew as the Vietnam War grew as well and other international issues such as fighting in the Middle East and um, the growth of Soviet rule within the Middle East because they brought violence with them. Um, The war thesis, students believed in the war thesis, which highlighted the role of universities and America's institutions and how they all seemed to be feeding into the war. Um, That's especially, they saw that within the ROTC programs of schools because um, the ROTC, which is a military program, is being implemented into schools to train people to go to war. And that's when, that was when the big uh, peace and like no fighting was coming around and yeah, cut that out. So students were also demanding higher education with a human face, especially students at Berkeley. Um, there was a hierarchy between not only between the students and their um, ethnicities and race, but between the students and the teachers, where the students felt isolated from the teachers as if they were not a part of the education system or had no say within their higher education degrees. Um, they felt isolated from the real world as if they were being protected. So these student um, rebellions were, tr- were also showing that they were in fact aware of what was going on outside of universities. Um, and they also wanted a sense of you know, fraternity on the college with not only among the students but with the teachers. And these peaceful movements were creating that. Um, there, Alan Farcon, who is an author, references a, in his book, talks about how um, student rebellion coincided with increased college en- enrollment rates. Um, so the higher the education equals, the more educated, more educated individuals, and the more students were being educated, the more they were able to think for themselves and think not, be able to like develop their own opinions rather than what their parents had and rather than the opinions that their parents had. So they were able to develop their own ideas of what should happen within not only their world but what they want to see happen for the future. Their idols were mainly Martin Luther King Jr., Robert F. Kennedy, Ho Chi Minh, Che Guevara, and Mao. Um, So students were receiving a lot of intellectual freedom, being able to think how they want, um, and being able to pursue whatever beliefs they wanted. So now that we know that, 
um, on college campuses across the world and universities that students were starting to become more independent of their thoughts. Um, that takes us to Czechoslovakia and the Prague Spring, where the Soviets um, came into Prague and tried to take over because the communist leader in Prague was not, was too, I guess, I can't think of the word, but was too like liberal or for the communist belief. And everyone before that, and like everybody, all the students were like free and it was in Prague and everything was very flowy and everyone expressed their own thoughts, but the Soviets came in and impressed, oppressed all of that, um, which led to an oppression of ideas and propaganda. Uh, you weren't allowed to say bad things about the Soviet government. You weren't allowed to say anything against it. And so that student rebellion had, had a more dire effect with the Soviets coming in and taking over Prague with and using military force. Um, one student, uh, as a form of protest, set himself on fire within the Prague Square to protest the oppression, um, and he killed himself in the process. So while all of that was also reflected in the rebellions of students in America, um, so just to wrap it all up, it, like in France, it started with like unrest. People didn't, the students didn't really know what was making them angry. They just, they just didn't feel as if it was, the country was progressing. Everything kind of just felt like the politicians and like the people in power were progressing rather than the middle class and lower class. And America saw this and was like, hey, I guess they're right. And so also connect like that with all domestic issues and fighting for civil rights, women's rights, and the peace movement that also helped to stir more unrest with on, on American university campuses, as well as the issues in Prague and the issues around the world. Um, people were becoming more educated on college, camp college campuses about what was happening, thus opening up more to the people. So, yeah, that was really long. <laughs> yeah. You can edit that? Okay, so. I'll just go into what Should we, do you want me to stop it? All right, uh, to start off, I will be talking about the topic of gun violence, uh, which leads into one certain particular one that I found, which there has been many, but one that stood out was there was a shooting at Florida High School on March 24th, and then less than 40 days after the mass shooting, hundreds of thousands gathered near Chapel Hill in Washington, D.C. to protest against America's lax gun laws. Hundreds, if not more, showed up to plead Congress with Trump to change these laws, um, and some of these protesters were even carrying toddlers. So people from the ages two and up showed up, teachers, students, parents, 
to plead the government to change these things so these occurrences don't keep happening. Many of the protesters showed up with signs as well as one that you, has been used before that says, hey, hey, NRA, how many kids did you kill today? And, you know, parallel marches have taken place in 800 different locations across the world as well for uh, this specific topic. But the question is, will any of these movement, movements bring serious policy change? Uh, which that just remains unclear. Uh, there were also uh, major uh, gun shootings at Virginia Tech. What? I was just looking. Keep going. Uh, Keep going. Virginia Tech, where uh, 32 people were massacred more than a decade ago from Newtown, Connecticut, where 20 children were murdered at Sandy Hook Elementary School, from Orlando, where 49 were killed in a nightclub, and from Las Vegas, where 58 were shot dead while attending an open-air concert. There were groups from Virginia Tech where, uh, you know, like all these people were showing up just to enjoy and, or go to school or enjoy a concert and that was basically ruined for them. Uh, another circumstance, there was a concert also in London uh, that there was a gun shooting at. There's just been little to no progress. Uh, until that recent protest, uh, there wasn't, uh, uh, some kind of progress is always better than nothing, but nothing seems to be working until this protest, uh, where it seemed Congress, like, gave the people a little bit to deal with trying to move forward and say like we'll try to do something about it but the NRA still holds firm on their stance and un are unwilling to budge much of anything um, my, many people believe that things should have been changed after Columbine because like how many times does this have to happen for people have to say like this needs to be changed uh, one of the students that survived the Florida shooting also said this to the, to the leaders, skeptics, and cynics who told us to sit down, stay silent, and wait your turn. Welcome to the revolution, he said. Either represent the people or get out. Stand for us or beware the voters are coming. Another circumstance that happened across the world was a student safety protest in Bangladesh a little under five months ago. Uh, the reason this protest started was because of an incident uh, of the death of two teenagers on July 29th when a bus racing arrival to a stop plowed into a crowd of waiting would-be passengers. Uh, this protest got way out of hand with police brutality. Uh, one of the students protesting described seeking refuge into a classroom after being attacked by police officers with tear gas and rubber bullets. Some of the students wanted to skip school but their teachers warned them that if they missed any school they would report them to the authorities, leading to a knock on their door, a family home, and possibly arrest. The Bangladesh government officials finally decided to appease to these students and protesters and comply to their demands for better road safety conditions. It just seems more and more protests arrive every month since Trump became president, not just in our country, but around the world. An interesting statistic uh, I found on the Washington Post was that 
One in five Americans have protested in the streets or participated in political rallies since the beginning of 2016. Of those, 19% said they have never joined before a, uh, a march or a political gathering. With Trump in power, it is driving people out onto the street more and more to try and show their support for their civil rights. People are terrified, so they feel that taking to the streets is what they can try to do to, and try to, a way to try and express how they really feel right now, and hopefully the government will respond. Get labeled that as Jackie, and then we'll just do the discussion. So one thing that I noticed that when you were talking is I thought back to what um, some of the quotes that I mentioned before with the, I have something to say, but I don't know what it is. Now it seems there's a lot more for people our age to say because we not only is do we have is higher education almost like a default now to go for people in like the middle class and upper class, but there's also um, more information. There's the like the 24-hour news cycle, so all information is presented at all times, so anybody can really guide their way through that and I also find it very interesting that the um, the Parkland students are very much like the students um, at UC Berkeley when they had the whole um, that it was a 1968 riot where they were having a very peaceful riot and then the police came in um, Ronald Reagan mobilized the police and in an interview you can hear him saying well what was I supposed to do they weren't following they weren't listening and all they were doing was sitting peacefully and just protesting they were not acting violent in any way so that's what it just kind of reminds me of the Parkland students who and what you were saying about the students in Bangladesh where they're like we want to skip school we want to protest and they're doing it peacefully but um, the people in power are saying, like, well, no, this isn't peaceful, and fighting back with violence, therefore, a, like, making the peaceful protests from the students violent. And I also noticed that when you're talking about all these incidents happening, it's always young people. Like, the young people are the ones getting harmed. It's, it's like, very rare. Not rare, but, like, it's more likely to happen to, like, a school be shot up nowadays than like a business office yeah or business office like or a hospital and it's the students that are in danger and especially with voting now um and you can compare this back to 1968 the students were in danger then it's either you go to college or you go to war right those were basically your only two options or you just go straight to work but even with that even like, then no you still go you had to, to get a higher education or something like that to get like a really good job and like the draft only really was you were only really safe from the draft if you had money if, or if you went to college if you had money if you or if you went to college that was like the two main things yeah. or if you had um physical issues like if you're colorblind you can't go mm-hmm. but i think that might be it's just your physical implications. Yeah, physical, physical implications. Other than that, you're drafted into the war. But yeah, no, everything you're saying makes sense, and it's really important that people see that it's not like it's the people, it's our future, our kids, the people of Ponzi, our age, we're 
we're still kids, uh, that are out there on the street trying to tell the government, like, you're the older generation, we take your input, we take your advice, but this is also our country and our rights, and these things are happening to us, not completely to you. And it's also good to see the parents out there protesting or whatever, because they realize, you know, it's their kids. Yeah, it may not affect them, but it's going to affect them if their kids in a school and mm. their kids in the, in the school shooting or like that. But what, like, also something else that I noticed is when I was looking at the 1960 at all, that, like, the older generations are like, oh, well, you don't know how it was back then. Like, you have it good. Mm-hmm. And that's what the generation says to, the older generations say to us now. But it's also, older generations are running the government, making the laws, but they have lived longer than we have. Like, yeah. it sounds kind of stupid, but they are making laws for us yeah. and these protests are, and rebellions that are happening that happened in 1968 and that are happening now um, we're trying to show the government that no we don't agree with what you're doing and like this is our future you, you are you things just aren't changing like, things aren't changing but themselves. also the people in power they've lived they've had like and most of the politicians are like pushing 60, probably over 60. Sorry, that sounds ageist, but it's not. So like they have had a whole life, but these people in school shootings, these kids on college campuses, these kids at the Vietnam War, they have their whole life ahead of them. Most of them are like between the ages of 18 and 30 and they're out there. That The whole reason the draft was a thing is for because no one really wants to be in a war. Right. That's a way to force kids into the military. It's cannon fodder. Yeah. They're just people... They're the pe- When they created the draft, they knew that people were just going to not... There, there was a big majority that wasn't going to come back. Right. So... And they just didn't really seem to care too much because they needed young bodies and young minds to be out there fighting for us because... Because they... The young ones are the... The most young resilient. ones are the not most resilient, but like they have a very childlike view on the world. Like you can fill them up with, um, oh yeah, no, you're gonna go to Vietnam and you're gonna shoot all these people um, for America because this is what Americans do, and they dehumanize the innocent people in Vietnam. They dehumanize the enemy, um, and it's so easy to fill like a young kid's brain, not kid, like but, like a young person, yeah. like a young adult's brain with that. And with that patriotism because of their age and their view on the world especially like young boys who grew up playing soldier yeah like they think it's all just a game but yeah i mean like just everything the fact that the cycle keeps repeating on certain circumstances it makes sense not not for this one but like just you know history always finds a way to repeat itself. I feel like that's a quote out there somewhere. But it's just the fact that it's people keep dying or people keep recurring into the same problems which are easy to fix because there is a happy compromise out there but nobody wants to budge. Either one way wants it like, you know, 
strict, very strict, and like very, you know, bar down, or the other ones just like, nah, just do whatever you want, you know? It's just, there is a happy compromise, but nobody's willing to meet in the middle in one day. Like, when they fix this, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, and it seems to be the students that um, are leading the protests rallies and, protests and rallies and trying to advocate for social change. Wow. Oh, cool. Awesome. Okay.